Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. The topic for this morning is raise your hunger. Raise your hunger. Raise your hunger. And obviously, uh, your hunger refers to... Um, Hunger is actually when you are famished and you need food. That's the primary definition. But hunger can be a verb. So the verb definition, next slide. The verb definition of hunger is having a strong desire or craving for. So he hungered for his sense of self-worth. So he can be hungry for something more than food. Yeah, so is he... So there are other words for hunger, desire, crave, having a craving for, longing for something and yearning for something. This is actually the context in which we are talking about hunger today. Hunger does not just mean uh, thirst for food, it means a, a strong desire. Let's start this morning from Psalm 107 verse 9. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Do you believe that? For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let's, let's read this out together. One, two, go. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So God actually takes care of hunger. He doesn't say, why are you hungry? He actually comes to satisfy your thirst. You know, Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse 7 says, For those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God doesn't blame you for being hungry or being thirsty. He, his providence is made available when a holy demand leaves our spirit and looks into him. Do you know, we should never be so... So, oh, like, you know, the song says, I'm not here for blessing... God, I know you don't owe me anything. I just want you. It's true. But then when you have problem, who do you go to? Exactly. So it's actually okay for you to carry your problems also to God. But we never reach a place where we don't want anything from God and we enter into this ascetic relationship where we don't want healing from God. We don't want power from God. God, we're good. No, less God satisfies the person who is hungry. God satisfies the person who is desirous. God satisfies the person who has holy anticipation. That thing brings a draw in the spirit. If you are good as you are, then there is no importunity on the inside of you. If you are contented where you are, then there is no more holy pursuit on the inside of you. So the topic for this morning therefore is for you to raise your hunger it's so simple raise your desire and it's time for you now to preach to someone raise your hunger raise your desire my brother i just want to tell you that the place where you are now is not enough Oh, you guys are not preaching well. Preach to someone. Say, my sister, I just want to tell you that the place where you are right now is not enough. My brother, I just want to tell you that there is a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. Where that came from. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. There are many more wells waiting on the inside of you to be unlocked. Raise your hunger. Do this to someone. Raise it up. Raise it up. 
raise it up for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry the providence of God is available God's providence is real I've seen God do mighty things God's presence is real God's and God knows what you're hungry for you know, because our hunger is different from person to person. God knows what you are thirsty for. God knows your chief desire. God knows what makes you not to sleep at night. God understands the things that break your heart. God understands the things that make you unworthy. God understands the things that make you incapable. And He's saying, He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. As God began to speak to me about this he began to speak many many things to my heart <laughs> he satisfies the hungry one of the biggest hunger we have in the world is a hunger for excellence this is the 2023 Bentley and they have in their they have in their mindset what is called relentless pursuit of quality they never stop every year. I don't know whether it's the headlight they change or something, but they must change something in the car every year. Like literally, this is like a machine. Just goes. And just I wish Lotana was here. He's the car man. And but his wife is here so she can represent him. Please take this picture back to Lotana. <laughs> we need this car on our streets. <laughs> Why do we honor excellence? Excellence is actually something that is in the heart of God. And I need you guys to be hungry for excellence. I cannot stand mediocrity around me. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand people doing poor jobs, shoddy jobs, half measures. I cannot stand it. Because God is the excellent God. But also we... It shows a mark of great marksmanship, like you shoot and you hit the target. And there is that joy from hitting the target. Okay, you know, in the end, what happens is that you have the best return on investment, indicators show that you're doing well, you know, the rating system, you know, Nigerian banks are rated, there's triple A, there's Double A, there's single A, there's B, there's BB. You understand? This all refers to ratings. And the, those in consulting understand what I mean about the rating system where organizations are properly rated and scored based on the weighting system. At least if your own where you are right now is education, you know that it's to, for them to mark your script and for you to pass very well, right? It is a rating system. But we are an excellent people. God wants you to be excellent. God wants all his children to be impeccable in their work. God wants all his children to be good toolsmen, workmen that needs not to be ashamed. Whether it was spiritual things or natural things, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Do you know, like sometimes I feel so bad when I see some believers doing shoddy work. It's like, how can the honor and the glory of God be seen in the work that you're doing? Because the Bible says, let men see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When I see excellent work with believers, I want to rejoice. I want to shout. It should be said of us that the best person to partner with is a believer. It should be said of us that the best person to do business with is a man of God. It should be said of us that the best person to connect is a woman of God and that she has the perfect standard. She has the lines in good places. She has the standards of the Holy Spirit. Like when they described Daniel, they said a man in whom there's no guile, a man who has the wisdom of the gods wired on the inside of him. Be hungry for excellence. Be hungry for doing a good job. Don't be, don't be the person who wants to press your button. You claim disability. Once people today use mental health as a disability, as a disability, this thing. So once they push you a little bit, you say, no, this, this boss has toxic behavior. It's bad for my mental health. 
Anyone who demands excellence out of you all of a sudden has toxic behavior. Let's not be those people. 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 We have the power to rise above challenges. We have the power to do excellent work. We have the power to do above and beyond so that people who live in our circle can tell that there is a spirit inside of us. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. We are an excellent tribe. We are an excellent company of people. We go much further. If you give us an assignment we will complete it to perfection because the glory of God is on the inside of us we are good people we are the blessed ones we are the strengthened ones we are the built up ones by the spirit of God we are hungry for more excellence is there anyone here I will lay my hands on you and the spirit of excellence will come upon you and the glory of God will raise a standard will raise a holy standard of God's light on the inside of you you will shine in the marketplace the hand of God will release grace upon your workmanship the things you do will be mighty in the earth God will look at you and place his oil on the inside of you his power his inspiration his word will fill your spirit in the middle of brokenness and distress the hand of God will be upon you to do great work to do great work the anointing on Oholiab and Bezalel is still available. These people were called craftsmen and upon them was given the grace by the Spirit of God to design all manner of works, to design all manner of art and to create all manner of intelligent building components and they built the temple of God that it was a marvel in his generation that nobody had seen anything like that. We are not flip-flop people. We are not weak, tired, broken people. That's not who we are. We are not people who have lily-livered, you know, disposition. We are not people who have no comportment. We are not people who have no spine. We have integrity. Say, I have integrity. I don't tell somebody I'm coming at a time and I show up at another time. I have integrity. I have integrity. I am disciplined in my inner man. I have character. Say it, I have character. Say, I have integrity. Say, I'm disciplined in my inner man. Do you know, like, how will the world see God? If they don't see that quality of God on the inside of you, I do great work. Now, I'm not saying that there will be no people who are toxic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there are no bosses who are toxic. I'm not saying that there are no workplaces that are bad for people. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that my personal quality is excellence so that even the person who is toxic cannot deny that I do great work. Praise God. So, in the end, this drives us to a place of personal vision. If we're not careful, then our pursuit for excellence will now veer off into a personal vision that is not necessarily God's vision. Because excellence by itself it's a two-legged stool. There needs to be something apart from excellence. So, otherwise, you know what we will build? The Tower of Babel. Once you start chasing excellence without the third factor, you start building what? Are you guys here this morning? Please don't be distracted. Let's, let's be together. Are you guys here? Like, really here? So, when you start doing the Tower of Babel, just see what the next, the desires change from God enabling you to what? To self-improvement. I'm a self-made person. I just want to improve myself. My goal is not to be bigger than anybody. My goal is to be better than me next year than I was last year. When you read those things, you just begin to tell, mm, make a name. I just want to, you know, I just want to secure the bag. I just want to secure the bag. Like, please don't tell me anything. I don't care about what happens. Just, 
give me the bag. I want to secure the bag. I hold the world record. And then I will be happy. The more money I have, the more I will be happy. And then I can just do what? Have luxury and travel and have a private jet. You know, for some of us, that's all we think about in terms of in terms of excellence. If the end result of excellence is for your personal vision, you're of all men most miserable, to be honest. (laughs) This is not the end of God's vision. If you saw this in a secular atmosphere, this slide, be honest, does it look desirable or not? Without the context of the word of God, you will not never know that there's something missing. It looks perfect. There's nothing in this slide that is negative. Do you guys understand how we must have the mind of God or we'll go with the mind of the world? Nothing here is negative. Make a name, be popular, be an influencer, be wealthy, solve your problems, hold the world record, let people everywhere know you're the one, be happy. What's wrong with being happy? Be hip, be the coolest person in the room, everywhere you go, let faces turn, let people know, you know, you're going to paint the town red, you're going to be the main one. Do you understand? And luxury. God is not angry by you being luxurious. We're all trying to, to, you know, is that picture of a big fat person who is being shaped into a small person inside social media? Person say like, I'm, I'm work in progress. I'm working on myself. If you look at this without God, it looks perfect. But is this all that God wants? No. There's something missing. So, let's, let's watch the video real quick here. There's, there's an extent of human glory that is achievable. There's a place where the whole city celebrates you. That's it. There's the place where you climb to the sound of the drum beats and the heights when the whole nation rises up to clap for you. There's this winning mindset that is like the hero's journey. And this is best demonstrated by this, this series called The Hunger Games. They were the most stupid movies ever. Thank God it was banned in over 13 countries where you kill people for the sake of nothing. So they put about how many of you inside a place and then you guys just shoot each other dead. Every person must die. The only survivor is the winner. So these people arriving were the ones after killing all their friends. Arriving at the city center and the whole world stood to clap for them. What is the point of that? It seems many times that many of our achievements look like that. You're not great because the whole city claps for you. You're not great because men shout your praise. You're not great because you you have conquered everybody else. You're not great because you're a superhero. You're not great because of the things that you've done. You become great, truly great, by reason of something deeper. There is always in every movie this superhero's journey. Somebody who lives home for adventure, who faces challenges, learns something new, gains power and uses that power to crush the villain. This is the story of Star Wars, The Matrix, The Lord of the Rings. Any of these epic movies is always about a neophyte, a new person who doesn't know anything going on this journey. And as they arrive at this journey, they win the obstacles and arrive in glory. I think I like Lord of the Rings and I like Star Wars. I like a few of the of the of the other ones. Like Hobbit is really really spiritual. You know, Lord of the Rings. You know, is amazing. It's spiritual, yeah. But this, but honestly, the Hunger Games is the most silly of them all. Killing for the sake of power.
power is absolutely rubbish. And today in the world, people still crush each other for the sake of power. We're sitting at the behest of political election and people are already murdering other people just because they want power. That kind of power is power birthed in blood and it will hunt you for the rest of your lives. Let none of us desire the excellence that crushes other people. Let none of us desire trophies that means that we take other people's rights from them. Let none of us desire and hunger after accolades that are born from breaking other people. But let the grace of God come on the inside of you that that which you build, that which you build is not designed to gain the whole world and lose your soul. What do you gain? after you have this hunger for excellence, hunger for power, and you trample on others to get ahead. What do you get after you get all the wealth in the world, but there is no purpose to your wealth? What is the value of wealth that eats up your soul? Why do you hunger just to be better, deeper, and resonant only for yourself? Is it not clear that hunger is for something deeper? Is it not clear that hunger should be for something bigger. It's not clear that our hunger should go deeper than the achievement of earth. It's not clear that God wants that thing that he gave you as a hunger for something that you're going to go and do somewhere else. It's not clear that God wants to build you up with his hunger so that you can be more indeed. So in our story for today, if we may turn our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 19. Senta mazaya nambo rusta la moshe yarambo Heyado selambaru I will climb into the holy place I will stand with my Lord divine For he rules and reigns in my life You're the Lord over everything you are God and you reign forever. I see you, I see you, my God. How you rule and reign forever. You do your mighty work in my life. I will praise you, I will praise your holy name. 2 Kings 13, 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of the sickness whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said to him, Take bows and arrows. And he took them bows and arrow. And he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand upon your bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elijah put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, Shoot! And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you shall smite the Syrians in Aphek till you have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said to, unto the king of Israel, smite it upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was angry with him and said to him, why did you strike only three times? You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have smitten the Syrians and you have consumed them. Now you will only strike against the Syrians three times. The man of God was sick. The prophet had become old in age and it was time for transition. The prophet had become old and it was time for transition. 
but he understood the place of prophecy while the king understood the place of kingship. In the Bible, you see this interaction between kings and prophets. Every king knows that they need a prophet. Every king knows that they need someone who can tell the hand of God, who can discover what God is doing because there's always two levels of warfare. There's always two levels of transaction. And it was a time when the, when the prophecy was fading away. It was a time when the prophetic order was ending and a new order was going to emerge it was the order of kingship when kingship was going to take the land to the next stopping place of the glory of God and who was at the leadership of this kingship a small guy called Joash a small king who all he had was to recognize the power in the prophet hallelujah and he paid a visit to the prophet. May you have prophetic encounters in the name of Jesus Christ. May you be able to discern who your prophet is. May your eyes be open in the spirit. May you never despise prophecy. May you never despise the grace that God releases in the place of prophecy. May the prophetic rise up on the inside of your world. May the power of holy prophecy be the direction and the stability for your life. May God lead you into company of prophets. May God lead you into atmosphere where prophecies is real, where the grace of God is unlocking, where the power power of God where the divine transactions that happened before the transactions happened may God release the oil of prophecy upon you in the name of Jesus Christ I'm speaking at different levels to different people this morning I just feel like God is speaking to some people if it's yours take it if it's yours take it take something this morning take something this morning because the Holy Spirit is speaking at several levels this morning now the prophetic rose up in that day and God gave unto Elisha the vision of what was going to happen and he opened the window eastward and he said shoot there comes a time when you need to what? Ah, you guys are sleeping. There comes a time when you need to what? There comes a time when there's no more negotiation. There comes a time when there's no more, you know, tentativeness. There comes a time when the gun in the spirit is handed over to you. And then guess what you must do? Shoot! There was an old movie I was watching a long time ago. I don't watch movies anymore because I fall asleep. But I remember I was watching this movie about 15 years ago and some guy caught someone in a bad place and he was talking, today I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you today. You're going to pay for all the things you did to my mother, my father, my grandfather, my children. As the guy was talking, the other guy brought a gun and shot him. Boom. Said, if you must shoot, shoot. Don't talk. There comes a time for you to shoot. There comes a time for you to shoot. There comes a time for you to battle. There comes a time for you to shoot. There comes a time for you to declare. There comes a time for you to take the offensive. There comes a time for you to battle against the enemy of your soul. There comes a time for you not to lie down. There comes that time, there comes that time when the believer will be awoken on the inside on account of the prophetic word that you receive to take action. Prophetic word must always be accompanied by prophetic action. When God gives a prophetic word, it's not designed to make you look pretty. It's not designed so you'll be the one who has the words. It's not designed so you'll be the fancy man on the street. Prophetic word is given for you to take action so when you get the word of prophecy guess what you do stir up yourself gird up your loins and take action take action 
take action. This morning, I speak unto you under the unction of the Holy Spirit. There is someone here. You've received the word of prophecy. It's been declared what God will do in your life. But you, you are now bent over. You are now tired. You are now broken by your waiting. Receive the word this morning. And it's time for you to arise and shoot. 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 Shoot into the realm of darkness. Shoot into the business strategy room. Shoot in the boardroom. Shoot in the places where people are. Shoot. Declare the counsel of God. Stand up and speak with authority. Build. Shoot what God has declared over you. May you receive that power in the name of Jesus Christ. There is the power in the spoken word moment. When the prophetic word has been declared, there is power there. And the next thing is to do, take prophetic action. Shoot. Strike the ground. Do you know that victories are won in secret, but announced openly? That's another thing that you have to take away from this encounter. Whatever was going to happen in the world the next day, whatever the king was going to do all his life, whatever God was going to accomplish through that king had been done in the secret. The wars are won in secret and the victory is displayed in the open. Repeat after me. The wars are won in the secret and the victory is displayed open. If you have no secret power to battle, you will fall before men in the open always. Learn how to fight your battles before they manifest. Fight your battles. Fight your battles before they manifest. Do you know how many of you are here in church? It's not by your own doing that you are here. It's a sacrifice of some people before you came. Some of you is your parents. They are praying. Lord, that my, that my daughter is very rascally. But she would never accomplish her rascally goals in Jesus' name. <laughs> Some parents are secretly declaring over you. They are busy prophesying. This my child will accomplish destiny. This my son will do all that I planned for him to do. Guess what that is? Secret battle, open victory. So even when you are in the world, you'll find the power of God sweeping you from the world back into God. Even when you're in the nightclub, you, you know... I, I talk about that, like, imagine me going to nightclub. I'll just be here. Wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child. Staring at the beauty of our king. Oh, may we never lose our wonder. Do you know that's what happens to me? Every time I go to a place when the whole frequency is different. I tune to another frequency. After a while, you know that this life is not for me. This nightclub life is not for me. I have another wonder. I have another awe. You know, I may, I may not have been the pastor were it not for some transactions that my father did as well. I'm checking it very well. Like maybe... Maybe it's not me. Maybe somebody else who did me in. <laughs> so my, my father, well, I don't tell stories that glorify anyone, literally. My father was a houseboy of white missionaries. So when he was 13, he became a houseboy of white missionaries. Because he gave his life to Christ and his dad kicked him out. Because it was just of that age when he started joining the farm. Then he now wants to start preaching from village to village. His dad was not having it. So his dad kicked him out. So he more or less went to the missionary house where the American Assemblies of God missionaries were. 
and then he became their house boy. So that's how they trained him until he was 15. They sent him off to Bible school. There was a man called Reverend Moses Ugada Onda, a man mighty in word and deed. He would sit in the village square, and whenever women passed, anyone passed, going to the stream, men coming back from the farm, they would fall under the anointing. Whenever Moses, when Reverend Moses was sitting down in the compound, he was so anointed. Like, like you know that example of Samuel and Naoth? That's Reverend Moses. So my dad was so sick one time to the point of death that he promised God that, if, that his first son he was going to name him Emmanuel if he ever got well. So he named that one Emmanuel. That's my elder brother. But then he promised God that ah, my first son will serve you. So when Emmanuel was already named Emmanuel, he now thought, who can I name after the most prof profound man of God I know? That's how he found me. <laughs> Second son. It literally took me to Reverend Moses, the holy man. And the man said, wow, he's named after me. Native name Ogada, English name Moses. Wow, that's what the man kept saying. Wow, you named him after me. Wow, you named him after Then he laid his hand on me and said, God, this one can never be lost. This one is planted in your house. He laid his hands on me and said, this one belongs to you. This this divine seed of God. <laughs> I used to try to run. It doesn't work. <laughs> My dad left there. They finished the transaction. I am only living out a life that was predetermined for me by my father and some man called Reverend Moses under in heaven now looking down like how are you going to do it my son like we are literally surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses you are literally some of you God has already walked your destiny some of you you are never going to be lost you tried to be lost now you tried it it doesn't used to work why <laughs> Some of you have you not tried to, yeah, you tried to waka, you know you, this waka is rohi. <laughs> it's like I have drawn you with my loving kindness. It's like I've established you with a holy hunger. Something will always bubble on the inside of you. Even when you are sleeping, a hunger will wake you up. Even when you are lying down, a desire will be after you because you've been planted in the courts of the living God. So I ask today by the Spirit of God that you receive the ability to shoot and to strike in the name of Jesus Christ. In your calling, shoot. In your ability, strike. In the dealings of God, shoot. In the dealings of God, strike. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. Because you've been called with a holy calling. Because you've been enabled with a holy enablement. There has been a grace that has been provided for you. A long time ago, many people fought an account of your life. So it's now time for you to strike and to shoot. This is a holy desire. This is a holy announcement. God is calling you to be hungry and thirsty for more. This is a holy season. All of God's sons are rising. Baptized in water and fire. For the assignment that is ahead of them. This is a holy calling. All God's children are ready to step into the harvest 
of the Spirit. You are called for more. You are designed for much more. Wake up and step into your holy calling. For the time to move is now. The time to strike is now. Strike while the iron is hot. The time to move is now. The time to move is now. Aria tomo shilabaru kasayadambo. Mekatosi yadabole. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 9 Thus says the Lord of hosts Let your hands be strong you, you who have been hearing in these days The words spoken by the mouths of the prophets Who spoke in the day that the foundation was laid For the house of the Lord of hosts That the temple might be built God has laid a foundation in your life For his temple to be built the prophet spoke it upon you that God has laid a foundation in your life for the temple of God to be built. Partner with the grace of God that has been released in your life for the temple to be built. There is a building. You are the temple of the Lord. God is about to build you up into a temple. Partner with the Spirit of God for the temple of God to be built on the inside of you. God wants to build you into a city. God wants to build you into an institution. God wants to build you into a place where His Word will happen, where His purpose will be done, where life will thrive, where grace will be released. God wants to build you into much more. I pray that mundane ideologies will not thrive in your heart. I pray that small-mindedness will not capture your spirit. I pray that your spirit will be built in the grace of God and the power of God will fill your heart again. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day. I don't think I may be speaking to everybody, but there are some people here who have been called by God to do something. And that thing has made them to go through suffering and hardship and denial and trouble. But today the Lord says, I'm ready for you. I'm ready to declare upon you the holy hunger. And I've kept this hunger on the inside of you. It's been holding you. This hunger has been calling you. This hunger has been staring on the inside of you. It is the hunger that burns what I want to do in your life. This is that season when I'm going to release the prophecy and the prophecy will have action. It's time for you to stand up now and shoot. It's time for you to stand up and shoot. The prophetic word has gone ahead and it's time for the action to accompany it. The prophetic word has gone ahead. It's time for the action to accompany it. Don't stop short. Don't stop short. Don't stop where you are. Receive the strength to go the distance. This is that time for you to shoot. This is that time for you to shoot. This is that time for you to shoot. Shoot once, shoot twice, shoot thrice, shoot again and again and again and again. Tell someone, shoot again! Shoot again! Oh, some of you are not doing it. Say, shoot again! Shoot again! You tried it only once or twice. It seemed to have failed. Try it again! You built it once or twice and people came to collect it from you. Build it again. You fought and it seemed like it's impossible. Fight again. 
the man of God was angry with him that he struck only three times. He said, you must have struck more times. How are you going to discern how many times you need to strike again? How are you going to decide how many times you need to go again for the same thing that was denied you three times? Go one more time. Go two more times. The man of God was angry with him that he struck only three times. Raise your hunger. Because it's what is on the inside of you that determines the kind of action that you take. Some of you, you are already tired inside. Sometimes when I'm counseling people, I can tell that they are already tired inside. And the Spirit of God begins to rise on the inside of me and said, Like David, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Hallelujah. This is the time for the temple to be built. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, verse 1. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. Verse 4 and 5. says, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God when you search for wisdom to do the affairs of life when you search for wisdom like you search for money how many of you know that you know how to search for money if it's money that one you know it. <laughs> you know how to write proposal. You know how to tackle people. If it's money, you know it. But there's another level. Wisdom. Godly wisdom. Godly insight. Search for it like you search for silver. Look for it like you look for gold. Then, guess what you understand? The fear of God. It's like there's something there in that scripture. You will understand. If you search for wisdom, you understand the fear of God. Mm. Think about it. You search for wisdom, but you understand the fear of God. There's a casualness which never allows us to treasure godly words. There's a lightness that doesn't permit us to be resonant in spirit. There's a tacitness where we touch holy things and go back and touch holy things and go back that doesn't permit us to have the full download. It's like you're trying to download an app. And when you download 30%, what happens? Your network breaks. Then what happens to the app? It works very well. Guess what will happen? That app will glitch until you delete it and do it all over again. When you value holy things, you will understand the fear of God. When you search for it like you search for silver, when you desire holy things and like you look for gold, your heart will be full of the knowing of who God is. That's called the fear of God. The fear of God is the is the understanding of the length and breadth of what God is like, how God behaves, what God does, how God judges, how God, God's perspective on things. The fear of God is not just a trembling on the inside of us. The fear of God is a knowledge of God's own building pattern and God's own grace by which he qualifies what he's building. That's the fear of God. Search for wisdom understand the fear of God and find the knowledge of who God is. Hallelujah. This is the final scripture I want us to read together. One, two, go. There's a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. One more time. There's a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh where they sit near him 
and receive the revelation secrets of his promises hunger how deep is your hunger for holy things how deep is your appetite when you give birth to a baby that baby will survive or die because of their appetite a baby without appetite will certainly die baby who cannot latch will not survive long so everything by second day becomes panic mode to teach the baby to latch appetite hunger is what determines that you survive first peter chapter 2 verse 2 as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby when god builds you what he wants is for you to have hunger why is there this hunger need because only the hungry go into particular places in god you know we all call the name of jesus christ when we meet situation we call the name of jesus christ where we all get different response somebody will say in jesus name get out the demons will start running out somebody else will say in jesus name get out the demons will be laughing at you so it's not the name of jesus christ then it's the power of god that's at work in you according to the power that's at work in you how deeply do you know the jesus you're talking about once again one of, the, one of the old movies i was watching there's a vampire you know those vampire diaries i know some of you don't watch vampires for anything so in that vampire movie there's a man i think it was a lady carrying a cross and she was trembling because you know crosses when you put a cross in front of a vampire the vampire will scatter in this particular case, the woman was holding up the cross and trembling, trembling. The vampire came and carried the cross from your hand. He said, it's not about the cross. You have to believe the cross. <laughs> it's not about carrying the cross. Do you believe in it? Do you believe in the cross? Do you know this God? Do you understand him? I want you to get this point. This is the one point of hunger. That there's a secret place reserved. Let's read the scripture again. There's a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh. Pause there. Private. Reserved. Guess. <laughs> My message is finished. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.